Hey, you, Prime members, you can listen to Three Little Words ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. This podcast is brought to you by Quorn, the nation's favourite meat-free brand. Quorn is a great partner for this show because he sent me free Quorn cocktail sausages, which never last long in our fridge. For each podcast, Tony furnishes us with a new fact from our sponsor. Yeah, let me furnish you. Fabulous, you. So let me furnish you with a quack, not a sentence I thought I'd be hearing myself say today. Quorn is made from a natural nutritious fungus. It's found in soil first discovered in a garden in Buckinghamshire in the 1960s. It seems that there's loads of people these days cutting down on the amount of meat that they eat for reasons that are related to health, the environment, animal welfare. If you're on that journey, you won't go far wrong by popping some corn in your shopping basket every week. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Welcome and thank you for downloading this episode of Three Little Words. Today, the guest with me and Tony is somebody who can do everything when it comes... Well, I want to say everything. I don't, want to, I don't know what he's like as a plasterer, no, but he no. can sing, he can dance, he can present television shows, he can write. He's a polymath. He's a polymath. He's the one and only Rob Bryden. Rob, how wow, are you? Wow. Did that sum you up well? Well, I can't, I can't dance to, to quote... The mighty Genesis. I can't dance. I thought you. No, I, you're thinking of Anton Dubeck. I I have <laughs> danced in in a few things over the years, yeah. but I've I find it very difficult. I'm quite expressive. I think if I were on a dance floor, I could create a moment that would be appealing. But I find it very hard to follow choreography. That seriously surprised me because you you have done the whole drama school roost. You you have been in that performing arts arena for all of your adult life. Yeah, I know. But that does, just because, you know, I could have spent my life at Anfield, couldn't I? You know, uh, someone who brings the oranges on. But it wouldn't necessarily mean I could do keepy-uppies. That's a good point. That's a great point. That, 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 well, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still stuck with the, the earlier assertion that you can um, create a moment that is appealing on a dance floor. Appealing to, to what constituency, Rob? Who do you think would find that moment appealing? Anyone with eyes. (laughs) I would say appealing, easy on the eye. No, I I can do that. But no, I've had to do the the two moments that stand out. I once hosted Sunday Night at the Palladium and we had the cast of Jersey Boys on and we came up with a, it may as well have been a tribute to Bruce Forsyth. It was very much the sort of thing Bruce would have done where I introduce the guys and I do a bit of thing, stick with them. I want to join the Jersey Boys, you know, and they, they give me the red coat 
and we did walk like a man. And, and if you watched it, so we're in a row. You can you can imagine it, can't you? We're in a row. Well if you'd watched it, you'd have thought, yeah, they've taught him some very basic choreography. That's there's no no challenge there. But I have to tell you, looks can be deceiving because it was incredibly hard. And also singing at the same time. And here's the key thing: not singing the melody as you sing along with it on the radio. So you're not necessarily going walk like, walk a, man, like a man, talk walk like, like a man. A man Thank you, John. You might be going. You might be going walk like a man, talk like a man, because you're doing all the harmonies. Oh, what a challenge! And again, thank you, John. You didn't have to come in there, but you did. <laughs> yeah, not quite as much of a challenge as having to listen to that. Well, I think what you've done there, John, you've helped a lot of people because you've shown that even with your great success. You still have limitations, yeah. <laughs> and or just on a on a mental health level, you've done a lot for people listening to this. Thank you. Well, that's a great way of starting the show. Now, as you know, the show's based on people bring three words that mean something to them, and we use that as an avenue to learn a little bit more about themselves. So, we want to hear what your first word is. Well, okay, but as a precursor to that, this is very difficult. Very difficult, and it's to some degree ruined my last few days. Yeah, having to think of these bloody words. Well, like, you were oh, texting me over the weekend. <laughs> I know. I I remember thinking, I, and I came up with the first one quite quickly, but the others, and, and we've had nice weather over the weekend. We had a barbecue on Saturday, and it was lessened by this <laughs> nagging in the back of my mind. Yeah. Oh, I got to do that. I thought I'll just say barbecue. Um, anyway, that's not one of the words. The first word is music. Okay. So what happens now, Rob? Is I'll quickly I'll give you the etymology of the word, the definition, and a couple of quotes. So from Latin, musica, the art of music. When the Latin derives from Greek, musique, meaning the art of the muses. In Greek mythology, there were nine muses who inspired literature, science and the arts, and the source of the knowledge embodied in the poetry and songs and lyrics in the myths in the Greek culture. Musa referred to any art in which the muses presided, but specifically music and lyrical poetry. Definition, well, pretty know what uh, music means. The art of arranging sounds in time to produce a composition through the elements of melody, harmony, rhythm and timbre. It is of the cultural, universal aspects of all human societies, which fascinates me. And then quotes, I've got three quotes. Without music, life would be a mistake. Nature. Music produces a kind of pleasure which human nature cannot do without. That's Confucius. And then finally, and my favourite, Music is a higher revelation than all wisdom and philosophy, and that's Beethoven. So I'm going to ask you, Rob Bryden, why did you choose the word music? Uh, because, to quote the OJs, and I think they were speaking as one when they said this, I love music. Any kind of music? Oh, uh, I'm trying to remember the other words. I love music, any, any kind, kind of music. music. As long as it's groovy, yeah. is that what they said yeah, then? as long as it's groovy. Yeah. As long, well, sweet yeah, it's got to be groovy. He's going to sing it again. I know, sweet soul music. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. No, I do, I do like, I've, I've always liked music to the extent where I can assume that everybody does. And you know those moments when you meet someone who isn't that fussed about music and... Mm. You say, who do you like? Which records are you into? And they go, oh, I don't really listen to music. You go, really? Yeah. Wow. Music can only be a good thing, whether you're 
listening to it or performing it at whatever level, because you said in that introduction, which I and you said you liked that quote, or th that it is all around the world. Again, the OJ's talked about getting on the love train, didn't they? And I, I'm sure that music would have played a part on that train. I can't imagine for a moment they would have had a quiet carriage. But yeah. but you you I mean you're, I know you're going to go on tour on a musical tour when we're all back in the real world and so on. Music is... Because people will associate you with everything from Gavin and Stacey, Marion and Jeff, to, you know, would I lie to you? Not everyone realises that you are a proficient musical performer. It's not, this is not just you've got a few records you like. Tony, is, is John going to come in on every question how many is he allowed it depends on his familiarity with a guest so the more familiar he is the freer he feels to just crash in i mean you may want to think about finding him an errand or something that he could go off and do there have been discussions with um see what, what's hard about this tony is that me and rob have been trying to build a friendship over about right. two years right but i've been saying i've been texting him going i think we i think we need to be friends and he's yeah. been and he's been going it... yeah but let's not rush it and, oh. now, and now just as we were getting to the point of yeah. being friends yeah. enough to do each other's podcast, podcast. you've come in and pissed yeah, all over I've, it and uh, nicked him nicked him nicked him yeah, well that is often the case yeah no, uh, music. Uh, yes. John and I have talked about this before. Uh, absolutely fascinates me that in the advanced stages of dementia, when people forget their family and the, the, where they are and who they mm. are, who they are, mm. everything mm. falls away. And you would think that for evolutionary purposes, which should drive everything that we are, that those things should remain. You should be able to recognise your tribe. You should be able. You should, but that yeah. all goes. But what stays in people is music, if that makes sense to you. Well, I think that um, I, I'm, I don't claim to be a neurologist. I, I don't even have the most basic training in that. But I do think music occupies a particular part of the brain, it would seem, because, yes, we've all seen these examples of people with dreadful dementia, and yet they can remember songs from their childhood. There was a very good documentary about one of my favourite artists, Glenn Campbell, yes. who, of course, died with dementia. And he could be on stage and he would not know that it was his daughter that was also in the band. He wasn't quite sure, but he could still play the solo from Galveston and he could still know the lyrics. So, I mean, I think what that tells us, you can't be too sentimental about that. I mean, I think it's simply that it's in a certain part of the brain that remains intact. But... You know, when you say bring some words that mean a lot to you, it is quite a challenge. But this is one that jumped out. Music is so powerful. The, the ability to transport you. And two different things. The familiarity of songs that you've listened to a million times. I mean, how many times have I heard Suspicious Minds or Hungry Heart? I mean, an embarrassing amount of times. But then the feeling of new music. So I've started to appreciate jazz a lot more uh, in the last few years. And that takes me to places that often doesn't follow the patterns of rock music. And you don't know where it's gonna go. And you it almost, you almost feel it stretching your brain a little bit and pushing you in different directions. Sure. Well, I think it's a, a, an interesting talking point would be how 
we can change with music uh, and my example would be I'd been told for a long time that Miles Davis was the man and uh, to me he was a man and the the album uh, kind of blue and I had it on a CD and I would put it on you know and I said well this is meant to be just great and I'd put it on and, and it was unfathomable to me it was impenetrable I couldn't I said, well, what is this and then one day we were in France actually not here and I put it on and since that day it's become essential completely I had a blind spot with music I always used to say I, lo I love all sorts of music apart from and I'd always say country and western and I had that, I had that for, for you just and I, a blanket I don't like country and western and mm -hmm. then suddenly I found some old Waylon Jennings and I was in and that, as you said and, and then once you're in it's that thing of green olives couldn't eat a green olive you couldn't pay me to eat a green olive and now I can't I don't know yeah, it's interesting, though, because I just think as, as we get older, our tastes in a lot of things can change. Um, I think country and western is interesting because it suffers from a, a shorthand. There's a glib response to it that it's a bit, it's a bit simplistic and, yeah. uh, and what have you. But there's, there's great drama in it and great heart and, 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 and emotion. Yeah. I've, I've liked country and western for a, for a long, long time. Uh, yeah. Now John really has withdrawn from the conversation. Now he's taken it very seriously. No, no, it's completely. I think I think what you've actually done is shutting down completely. Yeah. Is is he sulking? No, I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to break into this budding bromance. He's so but also, um, you know, I was chastised. He's impenetrable. He's just. I was chastised for chipping in, so I, I thought. <laughs> I, I thought rather than chipping inappropriately when you're going through your record collection together. This I is thought, the most wait, complex dynamic. I know what John was doing. John decided he's a smart cookie. Is John? He put. He pulled back, and he thought, "Use your opponent's strength against them." And he thought, I'm going to pull back, and in a second, they're going to come back. They're going to want me. And, of course, he was right. When it's, no <laughs> when it's, when it's noisy, it's quiet. When it's quiet, it's noisy. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But it was genuinely interesting, though. It was fascinating, his... and I think it perhaps it reached its apex when Tony told us his feelings about green olives. Yes. Exactly. The green I, olive. thought, I thought it was heading towards that the minute I saw the word music. That, thought, was, that, was, that was like listening to Clive James talking to Christopher Hitchens or... Uh, Tony dropped the green olives in. Yeah. I thought Rob yeah. will be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> Rob will be back. I saw, I saw a flash in his eyes. He thought it's not quite yeah. as interesting. No, no, yeah. maybe. Let, let, yeah. Let's be friends with John again. I got <laughs> you. I got you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tony. You disappointed me with the olives. This day, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing budding friendships <laughs> and long-term friendships failing, fall, fall in, front, into, well, failing like, in front of my eyes. Yeah, yeah. The rising and falling, aren't they? <laughs> well, when we when we when we hooked up originally, I realised that Tony was in one of my favourite dramas, which is Giri Haji, and I've never seen anything that you've done, John, that I've enjoyed. So for me, this has been this is this has been. And I've tried, John. God knows I've God tried. Knows. But this has been this has been lovely for me to to meet a guy. I, I did one episode of Would I Lie to You? Yeah, and it goes down in history as the only <laughs> one that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> The only one, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, the, right. I'm the only person yeah. who's never been asked back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been on, 
it's still about 15 series. At the direct request of one of the three regulars. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I hate three. David Mitchell. Yeah, David Mitchell. Uh, right. Second word. Let's move on to uh, Rob's second word before me pride is... Yeah, I was going to say, let, let, let's try to be kinder with each other now because <laughs> I know how easily John bruises. So your, se- your second word, Rob. Um, well, it's interesting because it, it follows on um, accidentally from what we're talking because I'm going to say the word country. Country, okay. Country. So, wow. Okay, so the vulgar Latin contrata, meaning land lying opposite or land spread in front of you. From medieval Latin, country, region, is from the Latin contra, meaning opposite or against, which probably entered the English language after the uh, Franco-Norman invasion, 1066. I think so. 1520s, pertaining to or belonging to rural parts of the region. And then there's some stuff about country music. Definition. A country is a distinct territorial body or political entity... It's often to re- refer to as the land of an individual's birth, residence or citizenship. Three quick quotes, descending uh, order. America is the only country that went from barbarism to decadence without civilization in between. Oscar <laughs> Wilde. The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. L.P. Hartley, the go-between. And my favourite, Charles de Gaulle. How can you govern a country which has 246 varieties of cheese? So, Rob, <laughs> I'm asking you, why did you choose the word country? Well, not yet. The, the, the last... Well, come on to Charles de Gaulle. That was great. But you gave definitions, and the last one was, was about being a country with borders and identities. That would be the least resonant for me because I am not a borders person. I'm not a... I'm not a flag waver, which might seem a little odd. I'm always, you know, always Welsh and everything. Yeah. Well, well, yes, I am. But I'm not a big one for borders and all that sort of thing. However, and that thing about Charles de Gaulle, yeah, I've spent a fair bit of time in France. And mm, they're ungovernable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, wow, it's a wonderful That's place. That's why I love know? them. That, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it, wow, it's a hell of a country. <laughs> France, a hell of a country, Rob Brydon. Um <laughs> You know, people ask me about the, uh, my country, France, how you sum it up. So many have tried over the years, it's very difficult. But you know, the comedian, Rob Brydon, he said once, he's a hell of a country. And I think for me, or, or should I say moi, it is the perfect uh, example uh, of what it is. Sartre, he tried, you know, the different people, Jean-Paul Gaultier, he tried. But it was not until Rob, <laughs> he, he, he summed it up. Um, so, um, country wow. for me. That, that was good. Wow. So that just proves that that Welsh accent's optional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, fa- I'm phasing it out. I'm phasing it out. Well, I would say country for me, I could have stretched it out to countryside. Uh-huh. But you asked what words, to some degree, these are words that I take pleasure from. And I take pleasure from the word country. And I think mostly in its sense of countryside, because I love the countryside and I like to get to the countryside as often as I can and by countryside you know we live in Teddington slash Twickenham the borders that the no man's land it's, it's a dark place and near us we've got Bushy Park and Richmond Park and when you're in those if you look in the right direction you could be in the countryside so it's just a thing that brings me 
great pleasure. But it's not about this is my country. Could you live? I've I lived in the country for eight years. I lived uh, up above Hebden, Britain, uh, Ted Hughes' country. I lived uh, Heptonstall. Yeah. yeah, I lived up there for seven years, and I used to walk on the moors every day. And I found myself walking up there one day, and I thought, you know, this is absolutely. But it'd be really nice if there was a little coffee shop. <laughs> and then suddenly, you see why civilization, why we, everything's covered in concrete. Well, it, let, let's be very middle class and say that. I mean, one knows so many friends, of course, who move, move to the country, you know, and then the next, you know, Toby and Cressida, they move to the country, and sure as eggs is eggs, they come back because they don't like it. I think I would like it, um, but I, I, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think I, think I, would, I would like living in the countryside, I like the peace. I see the peace. I couldn't. I got insomnia because of the peace, because there was only one bus came past my house. It came past my house at eleven forty-two at night. <laughs> so that silence that started off as a source of calm and peace to me ended up became absolutely. Can I, can I ask, where are people going at eleven forty-two in the middle of the countryside? So uh, they were going to Blackshaw Head. Well, what what they do is their business, Tony. I mean, they were going to. They were going to the settlement further up the hill that's where they'd be going hebden bridge you, you mentioned yeah. and i always think when i hear of hebden bridge i played there on a tour it must be nearly 20 years ago now and uh this is a salutary lesson for any comedian to do a little bit of research before you go to a town just to have a basic knowledge of the town because hebden bridge was and i assume still is it, it, there's a large homosexual community particularly is that right? lesbian community lesbian community yes, yes. So I'd be do, I, I didn't know this. To me, it was here we are in another town. And I'm, I talked to the audience a lot. And quite a few witticisms were coming back from the audience relating to that, right? But it was all going over my head. <laughs> right. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and I, what the hell they keep talking about that for? You know, or so-and-so and her friend or comfortable shoes or whatever it was. And, and, and I'm thinking, oh, bizarre. <laughs> and it's like, I didn't know. And, and so for me, Hebden Bridge basically is a warning do your research. Oh, well, well, well done you, because Hebden Bridge is also a warning for me never oh. to allow Tony to promote one of your games. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Why, what happened uh, well, I don't know if we want... Uh, are we going to do this? No, well, let's, let's do a very brief... All right, the brief version is I booked him in Hebden Bridge and five people came. And he was one and, of them. I was one of them. <laughs> and my was, next, was this recently, and, John? Uh, two months ago. No, this was just on the cusp of... It actually was... Because I've known John uh, in both lives, the uh, the, the crossover, yeah. and there were five people there. Two were family. One was the farmer's daughter from next door, and John did the did the full hour. The other two said, "You can pay me off or forget it," and they left. And John did the full spot and said, "Wouldn't it be funny if I became famous?" And da da da. And then bizarrely, a co um, it was uh, we didn't speak for a couple of months. I'm not surprised. I went for a meeting in London, and there was a big cardboard cutout of John in the in the in the entrance. I was in for an audition for something, and there was a big cardboard cutout of John. I was like, "What the fuck?" And so I think in the interim, you must have gone. Your career must have gone right. That must have been the bottom of your career. And then almost immediately it went like that. It was at that point I thought there's hope. I did. I did. To be fair to him, I had sold nine tickets. There were just four of them couldn't make it. 
Yeah, but you know what? Isn't it telling, though, that the other two acts, and I, I don't doubt for a second that they were wonderful in their own way, yes. said, oh, there's not many here. Yeah. If you want to pay me off, I'll go. But, but this fella, who has gone on to, you know, he fills arenas. I don't know how, but he fills arenas. Well, he he stayed. He was desperate for the attention. <laughs> well, so no, desperate. I know, but, no, but to be yeah. serious, though, I'm sort of, I do think there's something in this. He stayed. He did an hour to those people, and look, look where he is now. But no, to be fair, though, Rob, there, there, there is an element uh, of, of the graft in the craft. And that is something that I've always appreciated with you. I don't think you take any of this for granted. No, no. Well, you've seen my act. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm being honest with you. From, from <laughs> everything in terms of the, the roles you've played and mm. the, uh, the willingness to put the time in, put the hours in. It's yeah, but I think if you really want it, you do. I mean, I well, I, I, I was just, are you a grafter? Um, Yes, I think, as, as I look back, although, uh, well, define grafter. OK, so I'm, I'm all instinct. And if I work at something, it gets worse. The more, the more I concentrate on something and try and focus down and find what it is I'm trying to do, it just gets worse to me. I like, I like instinct, but I find instinct works better on a bed of preparation. Yeah. I mean, it does seem to flow really rather easily from you yeah but that's yes yes that's true but that i'm 55 uh -huh. and i've been i've been standing in front of audiences since i was in my early 20s yes um wasn't I, always in, that in, way then no and it, it, it well well no it, it to a degree it was but not like it is now and so if you talk about graft then yes graft over all those years of doing it uh, and, and learning. And I've talked to John about this before because... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus... As an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You know, I, he was used to work in pharmaceuticals and, and I, when I was a jobbing actor slash comedian, I once had to perform at a pharmaceuticals convention. Uh, so so it's what I'm saying is I've played to all sorts of different audiences, you know, I mean, I, as we all do, but I've played at somebody's wedding, you know, during the speeches at a posh, it was a posh wedding. It was once I was known, but it was a posh wedding in London and they got me to do a turn 
at the main table during the speeches. Now, these are all very, so you, you, you know, the, the, the people are all around you. There's no stage. I've done stuff where there's about 12 business people around a table. I've, I've performed comedy to them with no microphone. I've performed comedy in, a, in an open plan office to celebrate the end of something these people <laughs> wow. have done, right? Again, no, there's a microphone, but there's no stage. I'm five foot seven. Most of them can't see me. Mm. So it's, it's, now I will say that almost anybody who gets to any level We've pr probably done all these things. Everybody's done all this, you know. Yeah, paid your dues, yeah, paid your dues. Yeah, it would be more of a surprise if they hadn't. And yet I think audiences are surprised because they don't know. Yeah, so they're, they're looking for the polish at the end, but as you say, you can only have the polish by having done that, yeah, that's, that's a different thing, I think. I mean, that's paying your dues. I get that. You've got to pay your dues. Yeah. What I mean by graft is if I... Let's say I was to write a six-part comedy drama for you and say, there you go, Rob, there's your... Now, would you do you just learn the lines and try to remember the lines best you can and rely on instinct, or do you do research? Do you get into do you do you do that kind of graft? I don't know, not so much, but I but I but more and more, I I do more preparation than I used to. I used to totally wing it. I like a bit more preparation now. I mean, I was in a thing recently on ITV called McDonald and Dodds, a detective thing. Traditional role, I'm, I'm the guest person in it. So you get sent the script, you read it, you go, oh, I like this, you know. I could play that part, I can see myself doing that. Think about it a bit, great. And then you're thinking about the bits you did in it and you're thinking about the choices you made. Because when I watch an actor in something, I'm always looking at their choices and I'm always, playing the, the, the line back in my head and saying, what would that look like on the page? And what would I have done with that? And I love it when I think, God, I wouldn't have done that with it. Well, how did they come up with that? So then I'm thinking about what I did in this show. And of course, with the benefit of hindsight, you go, oh, I see, I could have done this there, couldn't I? And maybe it would have been more interesting if I'd done that. And then the thought that comes to you is, well, maybe if I'd spent a little more time preparing it, maybe I would have come to that. So in answer to your question, I'm slightly edging more towards that, whereas I have been more of a winging it person. I think this is my 40th year being an actor. I've never watched, I've had, apart from things I've absolutely had to because I've made them, I've never watched myself in anything. I think, I think you should, Tony. I, th I think you should. I think you would see where you've gone wrong. And <laughs> it won't. But, Tony, I've seen you act, and it's so obvious. <laughs> I just wish you'd take the time to look. Yeah, but I couldn't. Because I, I think, I, Tony, you could solve it in an afternoon. But I couldn't, though, could I? Because it's committed, it's done. That's the thing. It's the madness of watching yourself and thinking, if only I'd made that choice. You raise an interesting point about watching yourself, because that's a question you often get asked. Do you watch yourself? And um, I can watch myself in ensemble things quite easily, like um, Gavin Stacey and, and Would I Lie to You? And then... Less so if it if it's just to my stand-up. It's just me all the bloody time. Mm. But you can. You can learn. It's painful to watch yourself because you're hoping you're going to see Al Pacino and, and yeah, you don't. Yeah. You see this little Welsh idiot, you know. And you go, oh, God, it's me again. And you've seen every trick you've got a million times. But you can... You can learn because you go, oh, look, that's interesting. That's, that's, look what I did there. I didn't do too much there. And that was nice. And you learn that you can hold the screen by doing very little. That's always the challenge. It's never as good as, you, as you'd hoped and never as bad as you think. 
Well, what I what I've started to do now, if I'm in something with other people and I'm watching it, and I will invariably think, oh God, I, I will often think first reaction, I'm the weakest person in this, right? But but the, my next thought is, look, you think this every time. It cannot. The, what are, what are the odds that every damn thing you do, you are the weakest well, person in it? Depends. You can't be <laughs> on this it podcast. Working with. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I, have, I found myself doing that. I thought, I thought look, it, it just surely statistically, it can't be the case that in every damn thing you are the weakling. We, we've had this before. I think it's that imposter syndrome thing that I think there's part of. And it, uh, uh, you keep getting employed, so you must be all right. Well, yeah, and when when I hear people talk about uh, the imposter syndrome, I haven't got much time for all that. I, my attitude is, oh, pull yourself together, right? So, so, so it's a small voice saying these things in my head, and it's always followed by how people like Anthony Hopkins. Never mind, get on with it. Come on, never yeah, mind. Don't yeah, sit around. On. Just get on with it. Yeah, pull yourself together, man. Get on with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's what I do, and 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 I do that with with nerves and self-doubt. I go, no time for that. Come on, get on with it. Plenty of you would love to do it if you're not, so crack on. I, th yeah. I think that uh, we all go through all of those. And I think that when, it's, when you're actually doing it, you're not really, you're not thinking, all I'm thinking is, what do I say next? You know, in the actual doing of the thing. Mm -hmm. But there's another thing, what do I say next? I mean, if you read Anthony Hopkins's stuff, he's famously knows the script back to front like i said about thinking about that thing the other night maybe a little bit more of that preparation will give you that that's what hopkins says yeah. you know that you can fly you can still you can be as creative as you want then you know you can have all the instincts you want but you're doing it from a better place yeah but i don't like to know it too well but i like to have a little bit of reach inside me if, but you're I, more like Brando, aren't you? That's the guy you're always compared to. I, essentially, that's how I see myself. Essentially, as uh, yeah, and it's not just a weight thing. I think no. it's also to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, Rob, tell us your third word. Oh yeah, okay. I like this. Is a nice word, abundant. Abundant. I, I have to say, as a word, it's a beautiful from the Latin abundantum. Meaning overflowing, <laughs> full, rich, abounding. My favourite definition of the word is from the Cambridge Dictionary, which simply says more than enough, which is <laughs> fantastic. And then I've got three quotes. Abundance of knowledge does not teach a man to be wise. <laughs> the comfort of the rich depends upon an abundant supply of the poor. That's Voltaire. So what? why did you pick abundance, Rob? It's a lovely word. I mean in terms of just the sound of it. And you said yourself, Tony, that you like the sound of the word, mm. so abundant. And here was the thought that I had, and listeners may want to write this down, it's quite <laughs> profound. I don't know how many we've still got left, to be honest with you. But if all three of them want to yeah, pick a pen yeah, up now. Just give them a minute. <laughs> we did have an abundance of listeners. but No, I was going to say, I don't think that the word abundant could ever be used with negative connotations. Mm. I don't think you could have an abundance of Nazis. Mm -hmm. I don't think you could have an abundance of disease. No. It's, it's a lovely word and, and it's lovely to say. It's got a lovely sound to it, abundant, a lot of vowels in there. It's got a beginning, a middle and an end. Like a Victorian country garden. Um, not for me, no. I don't think that'll make the cut. 
No, there's an edit on this. You wouldn't think so <laughs> listening to the other episodes. You shock, you shock me there. There we are. The other ones, there wasn't. <laughs> Very good. Very good. 40 30. Um, <laughs> advantage pits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's a nice word. It's a nice word. No, but it was interesting to me because I was actually, and, and this might be a. Uh, Oh, well, it obviously is a judgment call. Well, I'll tell you what, Tony, he's, he's close to the mic. This is going to be good. Yeah, I was coming in, something's yeah, coming. <laughs> I was surprised you didn't pick a Welsh word. Oh, yeah, that's what you think, isn't it? He's Welsh, he's going to come in with Hiraith or something like that. No, well, no and the only, the only, sorry, the only reason I, I said that is because it's such, to the ear, such a... Uh, uh, a colourful language, and you are yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah. Whether you, whether you like it, but when you were talking about country before, and you said I don't, it's not about borders, and you want to break borders, but you are very much associated as a yes. as a representative of the of the lyrical side of the mm. Welsh language and the, mm. the Welsh Welsh culture. And you do flirt with it, of course I do. Yeah. I, look, if I had my time over. Um, I would have started drinking at a younger age. <laughs> and, and I would probably have chosen a Welsh word. But, but other than that, I wouldn't change anything. Okay. All right. Well, well, listen. I think yeah. I think we've done. I think we've done all we can do with the bundle. Oh, you. Oh, you've tickled. So, so Rob, Rob, uh, you wait, 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 that's so, just the, it's just the just the the agreement in me when he said that that just that he's so so right do you ever feel like you're settling for your foundation that is maybelline's new instant age rewind eraser foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles with spf 20 and moisturizing pro vitamin b5 this foundation not only provides medium coverage in a natural finish but also protects and nourishes your skin and the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation. I should have got on the vodka when I was about 14. It would be so much easier. This isn't a message for those people no, it's who not. listen to no, this. No, it's not. No, These are yeah. middle-aged men. Tony, yeah, Tony, right. please. No, no, you're right, Rob. You're Rob. I've, I've... Tony, you've got a platform here, yes, and, and it pains me to see you abusing it. Yes. It really does. Yes. I mean, think about the, think, think the way that John and I approach life yes. with compassion and thinking about other young, impressionable minds. You're both more prepared. I think that's what it is. Well, we're not winging it like you, sir. Like a hard lesson, but well learned, I think. There's today. graft in the craft, Tony. I forget who said that, but uh, he was quite loud. Yeah, yeah whoever said it said it well, I yeah, tell you. Yeah. So listen, you've picked three great words, music, country and abundance, and we always ask people for one word they will gladly never hear again. Well... My initial choice was this was pandemic. And I told Claire, my wife, yesterday, she said, oh, for God's sake, she said, everyone's going to say that. Um, so, so I dropped that. <laughs> so now I think the one I've chosen, I think it has been chosen before on this wonderful podcast, if, if we can use that title. Oh, and can. it's fear, fear, because fear to me, oh, this, is, this is quite heavy. I think fear is the just the worst 
because there's fear that is perhaps justified, you know, a fight or flight instinct that can protect us. But I think fear is to be grappled with on a daily basis, particularly now with, with what's going on. And uh, <laughs> I was about to say, and I don't mean the wheel being commissioned for a second series, but, I, <laughs> but, but let me, and don't edit this, let me finish that, right? I don't mean that because I, 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 we, we, we enjoy it and it's just the first thing that came into my head. And uh, yeah. listen, if I could come up with a format like that, we'd be laughing, okay? Right, so but that was just the thing that came. Oh, cut that out! I've got a platform, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well done, well done. Game set and match. Keep serving them up. Good lord. Um, No uh, fear. It's just a thing that um, it stops you from doing things, and it's something that you've really got to try. We we touched on it earlier when when I said. You know, I did that thing about Hopkins saying, oh, not allowing, if you have doubt, not, not having that, get out. Well, that's fear, isn't it? That's yes. trying to keeping fear at bay. And um, re- recent times with what happened in America and, and what happened uh, with the pandemic, of course, has put it to the forefront. And uh, that's why I've chosen it as, as my word that I would like to, uh, I like the wheel. We watch down, we sit down, Till, uh, the whole family can it, watch it. it. And I think Michael, who I've known for a long time, uh, but I know he bears grudges, and yeah. he is he's in his element I'd on that show. And uh, I'm glad he's got a second series, and I think that will be running and running <laughs> long after people like us have, have shuffled off. Okay, so we can cut that. We can cut that. <laughs> I think you're right, though, Rob. I think you're right. It would be a good thing to be rid of. The sense mm. of fear. Limitation. Anything, limitation. That lim- anything that limits us from experience. I just like the scale of his ambition to think. I mean, the set is huge. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't come up with something like that. So, you know, long may it run. Rob, it's been great to catch up. It's been great to watch your budding friendship with Tony develop before my eyes and my f- potential friendship with you wilted on the vine. <laughs> Beautiful. That's thanks great. for thanks for that, Rob. That was uh, that was a smashing show, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it, almost as much as I enjoy the wheel on Saturday nights <laughs> yes, yeah. on BBC One. <laughs> well, there you go. You, you and Rob Brydon well, are mates. I, I, think, I think you'll end up on a trip with I, him I instead of Steve Coogan. I don't. He felt like an, an impossibly complex. He's quickening. He's, oh, he's, he's quick. He's dry he's as sharp a and dry, and you're never quite sure. He's got that twinkle. Yeah, that was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think. I think we can all be friends. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. We can. We could be a little. A little threesome. Not sure I like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as John and I obviously did. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, share and like. And uh, just remains to say a massive thank you to our meat-free sponsor, Quorn. Super protein, super tasty. I'm Shimol Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest. 
and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense thing you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.